we are now excited to go to our orthopedic clinic phone line where we welcome on Joe Bartle of Rotowire here each and every Wednesday on the show. And, of course, let Rotowire take care of all your fantasy needs. It's about to be playoff season for most leagues here in the next week or two. Uh, so certainly important time for all the matchups and who's in and who's out of the lineup. And, Joe, as always, we appreciate the time. How are things in your world? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, it'll be really interesting this week, obviously, with the fantasy playoffs starting next week for most people. Do-or-die situation, thankfully, you're not likely relying on any Cardinals or Commanders who have bye weeks this week. But I, I will once again petition to the NFL, stop having bye weeks uh, on very critical weeks of the fantasy season. You are in bed with gambling and, and fantasy sports and everything else like that. I think the least you could do is think about us a little bit and not have these bye weeks <laughs> at such a critical time. Uh, that is something that uh, they are getting more involved in, although they're also trying to limit their players <laughs> from doing that. So <laughs> it's a little bit of a catch-22. But, Joe, I do have a question to start off with from one of our other uh, guys that's sometimes on the show but but not on the show today. And so he has a start-sit question for you. So go ahead and ask that on his behalf. So he's got both Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, uh, a little bit of an injury problem, just played on Monday night, so a little bit of a shorter week. Ezekiel Elliott going to get the bulk of the carries in a uh, Thursday night game that not many people are going to want to watch uh, tomorrow. And, of course, with Ramondre Stevenson out, Elliott is going to get more carries. So who would you start there, Aaron Jones or Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, the, the tricky part, and you kind of outlined it really well, is that the over-under for Thursday's game is 30 points. That is by far the lowest I have seen this season. I would be willing to bet that's one of the lowest pre-week 18 uh, over-unders in quite some time, too. I mean, when you're talking Bailey Zappi and Mitch Trubisky, I understand points aren't uh, very likely, but that that's a very, very low figure. But the workload for Zeke should be massive. I mean, it's Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke, and it's been that way all year, with basically a 60-40 split in favor of Ramondre. Does that mean that Ty Montgomery and Ezekiel Elliott are going to have that same kind of cadence? No, I don't think so. So I think Zeke gets a ton of workload. I would imagine Zeke is going to be kind of like a top-20 starter this week regardless, even though the over-unders as low as it is, that we're also uh, we're also doing this in conjunction with Aaron Jones, who I don't know if he ends up playing this week at all. Uh, he's missed the past two weeks with a knee sprain. The Packers injury staff is just historically and notably very patient, and I'll put that as the positive way of things, uh, very patient with their guys that have injuries. And Aaron Jones had a ton over the past two years. So I don't know if he plays or not. I wouldn't want to risk the possibility, especially with them on Monday night. Uh, I would play Ezekiel Elliott. All right, let's look at some stuff around the league, Joe. And we talked a little bit about the 49ers and Eagles coming in last weekend and the perceptions of the team. And, man, the 49ers uh, were very good. Uh, how how much is – I mean, what's it – what would it take for you not to feel confident in one of these players offensively? Because it seems like such long ago where they had their midseason struggles, and it seems like they're a, they're all able to eat. Ayuk, McCaffrey, Samuel. Is there any concern or hesitation in any of these matchups? I know they got a divisional matchup this weekend, but, I mean, just it seems like all systems go for San Francisco at this point. Yeah, Seahawks this week, which they're fair by 10.5 points. Of course, they throttle them on Thanksgiving. Um, I, I, I almost wonder if that was the Niners' regular season Super Bowl, uh, beating the Eagles in Philadelphia, and there could be a letdown, but... It is a division rival. Maybe that's not going to happen. Um, I, I mean, I think you we we, we kind of saw the answer to one. You'd be concerned. It's if Trent Williams isn't playing. Uh, maybe Debo Samuel as well too. 
But during that three-game losing streak, both those guys were not able to play. Uh, and I think Trent Williams in particular makes things so much easier for Brock Purdy, which in turn then gets all those guys involved. So I, I uh, would agree that for the most part, you're starting everyone. There might be instances where uh, I could see the Niners favored by not three scores, but um, like 17.5 points you know, in the 14.5-point range. And if that were to occur, naturally, I think Christian McCaffrey scores. You would maybe have one of or both of Debo Samuel and, and uh, Brandon Ayuk score. And then there's just a limit on how much they could possibly eat. And that might be the overall concern that if you have Niner guys, you almost want them to be – still in the thick of things, still chasing the Eagles for a top divisional spot because then they're playing their guys. If they already have everything locked up with 17-18, they can play things safer too, which uh, I, I don't foresee happening when you only have one team with a bye week uh, entering Super Wildcard weekend. It, it makes things theoretically more competitive. But I don't know if the Cowboys are going to be really, really anywhere close to, well, I guess it's time for the Cowboys. I don't think the Lions or the NFC South winner will be anywhere near the 49ers if they were to not win um, the number one seed or get into that spot. So they could, by default, just be resting their players uh, in Week 17 or 18, depending on how the Eagles do rest of the season. Uh, looking at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend, um, from uh, from week 8 to 11, uh, only had 116 yards total. Last couple weeks he's done better, but going up against Buffalo, uh, is there any concern over Kelsey at all, or for you, is he still your top tight end guy? Yeah, I think he's still my top tight end. And if there was one thing you're missing this week, Trey McBride, it kind of emerged as a quality starting tight end option with the Cardinals. Well, of course, they're on bye week, so that's one less guy. I know I'm not, I'm not really concerned about it. It is a fun little media story. I get that, and the Swifties will get really angry if you <laughs> say anything bad about Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey whatsoever. Um, I, I, I honestly, and maybe I'm just naive to this whole thing, but uh, I enjoy that she is so invested in her significant other's relationship. Like that, I, I would love if my wife would uh, actually care about fantasy football. That'd be really cool. But now it's like she's like, no, stop talking about it, Joe, please, God. Um, and I imagine most of the listeners would be the same way too. So I, I don't, I don't think that it impacts Kelsey at all. The greater issue, and you mentioned it too, is that is the Chiefs often still effective. They are the most battle-tested team in the NFL over the past two or three years from a playoff perspective. But I even think in these big games and these big moments, yes, their offense is worse. I think that's undeniably true. That was true two months ago. That's certainly true now. You know whether MVS can catch the ball, uh, can Sky Moore, can Aries, do Tony do anything? I, I don't know. So you are certainly working with one hand tied behind your back. But if there is one quarterback head coach combo in the NFL that I would trust to work in that scenario, it is Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, the the days of Mahomes being the top overall fantasy scorer, I think, are a little bit gone. Maybe this week, uh, with the over-under getting close to 50 points, Vegas thinks it should be offense. But most weeks, just with the guys that they have, the Chiefs, that it's going to be difficult. That does not mean that Mahomes is bad by any stretch. But I think that's more of my concern than Kelsey. Whereas you're drafting Mahomes' first quarterback. You know, he was top 20, top 25 pick at most. Uh, and he just will not be able to return on that value, given everything that's going on with that offense. Um. Uh, switching over, looking at uh, Miami Dolphins, a guy that we talked about last week. Uh, we we discussed a trade that was being made here in the yeah. office uh, that I was a part of, and I received Devin Achain. It worked out pretty darn well for me <laughs> that, uh, oh, yeah. last week. Uh, now, Tennessee, uh, they have a defense with some run stuffers. Does it give you any caution if you're if you're an Achain uh, owner, uh, if you have him, or is he just a, a true start? 
Okay, so I tweeted about this on Sunday after he went for another two touchdowns and 100-plus total yards, and I every single time somebody's asked me a Devon Chan question, I have gotten it wrong, and there has been no <laughs> more infuriating player in my entire career at Rotoware than Devon Chan. So when I say this answer, just know you're locked and loaded, whatever the opposite is, that will absolutely occur. <laughs> I, well, tell, tell, me I, that, tell me he's going to be terrible then. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I am worried about the Titans' run defense. That right. is one thing they're very good at. And their pass defense is uh, uh, really atrocious, like we saw last week against the Colts where Michael Pittman and Alex Pierce go off as well. So I don't know if there's going to be a running avenue per se, but over the past couple of weeks when uh, HN's been healthy, it's been, okay, I'll do this in the fourth quarter when the game's already out of hand and we want to save E mustard. Well, that's going to occur. So by default, I do think the workload for HN will be fine this week where you can start him. However, and this should give you, um, should, should give you at least a bit of confidence because I'm going to be once again uh, besmitching be the name of Devon HN. The rest of season schedule for the Dolphins is really, really challenging. We're going to find out whether or not they actually are the AFC's number one seed in the coming weeks. They've got the Ravens. I think they have uh, the Cowboys and possibly the Eagles as well. Maybe it's the Bills for a Week 18. But three of those next four or five will be against actually competent teams. Well, they haven't played a competent team more than once the entire season. The Chiefs excluded from that Germany matchup. So I, I will be really interested to see if the offense looks good, uh, and if Devon H. Chen can continue to work. My bet is no, so that means that it's going to happen. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, Joe, let's look at a game that's going to be impacted by one of the biggest wild cards in the sport, which is weather, and that is the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, reports it's going to be a windy, rainy day in Baltimore. And, of course, you have a very good pass offense in the Rams. You have a great fantasy quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Uh, how will the weather potentially impact the fantasy implications of that game? Uh, it's fascinating. Um, so you guys don't probably deal with this as much, although I'm not familiar with your weather, uh, as I am Wisconsin. It, typically, if somebody in Wisconsin is earmarking a day a week in advance, it's going to be astronomically bad. Like, there's very few instances where I can think of where somebody's like, all right, hey, Joe, weather is going to suck next week, Sunday, uh, and then it has actually not been horrible. Like, that maybe, maybe you look on a scale because you've already been preparing so mentally that it's going to be awful that uh, when it's only 75% awful, that's, that's fine. So when we're talking about that same conversation for Baltimore weather, that makes me a little bit nervous. I mean, that's going to be not just a pivotal game for two teams that are competitive, but from an NFC and AFC playoff perspective, there's a lot on the line. Um, the Rams' offense has been great. It's been inconsistent, though, right? I mean, Puka Nakua had the big touchdown last week, uh, and then we had Kyron Williams in the fourth quarter really go off. But uh, it, when you're only scoring two every two every four quarters, that's not going to work against the better teams. And I do think the Ravens kind of qualify in that range, that there could be gusty conditions and rainy stuff, too, makes me even more nervous about a guy like Matthew Stafford to really meet, meet his profile. And he was kind of a low-end quarterback one this week anyway. I'm not sure you were really looking at him as any more than a streamer if you were playing Kyler Murray or Sam Howell. Um, but Lamar Jackson, that's another part of the two. And we're going to really figure out what this offense looks like now without, uh, without Mark Andrews. Is it going to be Isaiah Likely as the guy that benefits from that? I mean, they were on by last week. really haven't seen it. Or will it be Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, somebody like that? I'm willing to bet it's Zay Flowers. Like, I think if there's a beneficiary, it's going to be Zay Flowers or maybe even Keaton Mitchell, uh, the, the stud fast running back for the Ravens. But I don't know the answer, and I hope that the conditions will allow us to solve that answer. 
because it's a very critical point, uh, really critical point of the fantasy season to not have that kind of information. And then, Joe, I want to finish with this because, uh, unfortunately for a lot of teams this year, there have just been an influx of quarterback injuries, and they continued mm-hmm. uh, on Monday Night Football this past week with Bengals and Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence going down. And, of course, some of these teams have these really solid records or in the middle of these playoff races and they all got backup quarterbacks. So I'll give you two games here. Colts and Bengals. You got Minshew versus Browning uh, at 7-5 and five and 6-6. Six and six. And then you got in Jacksonville, uh, Bethard versus, I guess, Flacco in an 8-4, and 7-5 and five battle. I mean, give me, give me your thoughts on some of these AFC offenses and, and, and their backup quarterbacks and just who, who you might like a little bit more. I was going to say, we lost uh, Trevor Lawrence, but what we got was Flacco and it feels like Jake Browning is both fancy ass for the quarterback spots. And, you know, added to that mix, again, it's a 30 point over under, but Kenny Pickett, uh, at least missing one, two, three, four weeks. We'll see what that ends up being. But that's another guy was at least starting for it. it it's been, it's just been horrible. I don't, I don't know what the NFL is going to do about that. It's obviously a bad look for their product, uh, but you can't continue to make more quarterback friendly rules. I don't even know if that's possible unless you're playing flag football at this point. So, We'll, we'll see kind of how that develops. Um, of those two matchups, I, I think Gardner Minshew will look good enough. Um, the Browns are getting back Denzel Ward. Maybe that makes a difference from a secondary perspective. That defense is already really good. And Flacco looks totally fine in his own right. I said it in one of my Tuesday articles uh, two weeks ago, or at least uh, certainly last week, that I, I think Flacco is better than Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I definitely thought he was better than P.J. Walker, so that he went in there right away through for 250 yards. Yes, he had the bad pick, but that wasn't surprising to me at all. He is the he is the best quarterback. In fact, if he was the starting quarterback during this whole Jets venture, I think the Jets would easily be a playoff team, for example. So um, I, it's crazy that he was still available at this point of the season. I, I'm taking the Colts, but I didn't feel good about it when I when I submitted my article at the time. And then from the Jacksonville Bengals perspective, I, I mean, we haven't seen it in a while, but C.J. Beathard was a very bad backup, kind of in the same vein um, of Tommy DeVito and that kind of ilk when he was the backup for the 49ers and forced in a time with Colin Kaepernick. I'm not forgetting that just because it was three years ago, and I think that offense is worse. Like, worse play caller, uh, no Christian Kirk for the foreseeable future overall. So I, I'm nervous about C.J. Beathard, not so much about Jake Browning. Not that I want to start him per se, but if you're in the deeper league, I'm not scared off. I was really impressed with what I saw Monday night, and I think that he is going to be um, – a better factor, but I guess that's you know that's that's another conversation altogether with Beathard and uh, everyone else. He's Joe Bartle of Roto Wire joining us on this Wednesday edition of the show. Joe, as always, we appreciate the time. Again, uh, you are a very busy man with Roto Wire and SiriusXM. So tell our listeners about all of that and where they can follow your work. Yeah, I'm on SiriusXM every Friday, uh, eight to ten p.m. Eastern. I'd have the privilege, I guess, of uh, having the show as well tomorrow with uh, live game in uh, in jumps to the uh, Patriots-Steelers game. So I'd imagine I will not be uh, having to cut too often the game, given likely no offense. Unless you like punting. I mean, yeah, you I could like punters. Yeah, I don't know punters. if the, the listeners really like the radio <laughs> jump-ins to a nice punt, but that's certainly... <laughs> then, I mean, then I won't even be talking at all. I'll just be all uh, punting action and three and down. Three and down. So yeah, uh, Sirius XM Channel 87, uh, both Thursday and Friday this week. And then I mentioned my article already. It's the big betting sheet that I post every week. Um, Take every game against the over/under uh, and against the spread. Positive now. The past five weeks, uh, a win-loss record for both sides of those things. So, 
Uh, I have certainly jinxed myself. If I haven't already jinxed myself with Devon Achan, it'll certainly be with the over-unders and that stuff, too. But uh, check that out if you get a chance on my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. As always, Joe, we certainly appreciate the time with you, and uh, we look forward to talking again next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me on. That is Joe Bartle of RotoWire joining us as he does each and every Wednesday on our program. Love Joe and love the insight he gives us with fantasy football and the National Football League. I appreciate Joe for joining us again today.